0: There, welcome to Through AAA Eyes. I'm your host, AAA. Thank you all again for joining me this week. Um, I am well, just been really busy working long hours. And I was thinking, you know, how Wednesday is like hump day? Well, I think July should be like hump month, and we all should get a break. You know, in Europe, I like how August is the vacation month. I need something like that. Ghana needs to issue something like that. Um, Not that I would take a vacation right then, but, you know, it's it's wishful thinking. (laughs) So, this week, I'm really, really blessed because I got to interview a good friend of mine who I haven't seen in a few years since I left Texas. And, um... Her name is Rochelle Holland, and she's just this fabulous, fabulous individual. I mean, talk about a wonderful spirit. Um, Not to exaggerate or anything, she's just got one of those spirits that just nurtures you, and she's always got something funny and uplifting to say, and that's who she is to me in my life. Um, before I give her a proper, um, introduction, I'd like to share something I always remember about her. So when I was living in Texas, I owned my own theater. I think I mentioned this before, the Gemini Playhouse. And I had to close it because the theater got flooded because a neighbor didn't change a valve on their toilet. So I had to rebuild it, lost a lot of money that I needed to keep it going. Um... And unfortunately, just got to the point where I had to make the decision as to continue going with the theater or go into debt. And I've never been one to owe anyone any money, so I chose to close the theater. And it was one of those really painful decisions because that theater was really my baby, you know? I did everything. I ran the sound, I managed it, I did the lights, I directed, I, you know, name it, I did it. And I got to meet some really cool people there. Um, Casey Kelly, uh, who I interviewed a few weeks ago, that's where I met her. So, on the last day, when I had to literally break down the theater, um... You know, it was a rough, rough day. And Rochelle stopped by to share, you know, just to give me a hug and to sort of give me some encouragement. And you know how sometimes you just need a hug and you didn't know you need a hug? Well, I needed that hug. So that's who Rochelle is to me in my life. She is truly a blessing and an, an inspiration. So now let me give her her proper, proper, um, what do you call, introduction. So Rochelle Holland is a counselor for three counties in Texas in the adult criminal justice system. And she rehabilitates defendants in the areas of drugs, alcohol, and crime. She also has a coaching business called Metamorphoses. Since 2014, she has taught school, alternative jobs, Job Corps, the director at Concordia University, a corporate trainer, and because all of that wasn't enough, Rochelle is also a motivational speaker. She has a master's degree in social work from UT Austin and a BS in communications. (laughs) And she also served eight years in the army. So she's a vet, y'all. Now, not only is that amazing in itself, she is also an actress. And that's how I met her. And she is amazing to work with, and just, you know, good people, just all around good people. So without further ado, I'd like to bring Rochelle in, and uh, let's get talking. All right, everyone, I am here with Miss Rochelle Holland. Thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Well, you're more than welcome. It's a privilege.
0: Oh, likewise, likewise. So, Rochelle, we go back almost, oh goodness, I think it's almost 10 years next year.
1: Yeah. Um
0: <laughs> And I never knew, I mean, of course, I knew you as a thespian, but I never actually knew the kind of work that you were doing um, as a counselor. So when you told me about it, I said, hey, we need to talk about this because it's really relevant to what's going on um, in the country right now. Yes, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about what your focus as a counselor is?
1: responsibility is to intervene and rehabilitate those in particular who committed their crimes while under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. And so some of the defendants or clients that I work with, some are in the free world and they come in um, either during the daytime or after hours for group counseling sessions. And then we have one-on-ones with them as well, but the others of my clients are still inmates, and so I actually go to the jail, pick them up, and take them to the training site. Wow,
0: and now that sounds like really intense work. Now, are, are a lot of these folks, are some of them re-offenders or first-time offenders?
1: We have, we have a mixture. For example, I was speaking with uh, one of my defendants day before yesterday, and he happened to mention to me that uh, in our counseling session that he had been arrested 11 times before his 24th what? birthday and he is only 30 years old. And that his father, his stepfather, first introduced him to meth and cocaine uh, when he was 14 years old. Oh, my Lord. And his mother is a doctor. Wow.
0: So hmm, now with someone like that, oh, my God, I don't even know where to start because that's really, I mean, it's he's coming from a good home by all accounts. Yes. How how do, how do his parents even, you know, how can they stop something like, you know, how what can you Sort of suggest to parents who are dealing with such a situation, where by all accounts everything surrounding the child is okay. Well, but yet um, they've gone down this
1: road. Well, um, sometimes it's not all well in the home because, mm-hmm. for instance, for example, in his instance, uh, his dad was a user. His dad was on meth and his dad was on cocaine. And mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes parents normalize their own environment, their own uh, antisocial behavior by inviting the child to participate so that they, as a parent, uh, they don't have to be held accountable. They don't have to uh, alter their behavior in any way. They don't have a sense of guilt because now they've, Uh, gotten on the same level as the child. They're Mm -hmm. now becoming buddies and friends with the child. And so that erases any parental responsible behavior that they're expected to exhibit or display.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, in your counseling sessions, do you have to bring all of these factors in, or do you just focus on, on the defendant?
1: Well, it it somewhat depends, Uh, depending on their treatment plan and um, depending on if we're doing discharge. Um, Many times they've had multiple levels of treatment and treatment interventions before they get to me, because once again, they're already on probation uh, or they're already detained or they're on work release. uh, And so they're already involved uh, with the law. Some of Mm -hmm. them still living with their parents or some return to their parents, but many are adults independent living on their own um, Mm -hmm. because I work with those that are 17 and older. And of course here uh, in the States, um, they're considered as far as crime is concerned, an adult at the age of 16. So what can happen is oftentimes parents are invited to participate, say in Al-Anon meetings if they are involved in drugs and or alcohol so that they can support their child in that way. If they are in a program that requires family therapy, then as a family unit, each individual system within that family is addressed. System meaning the siblings play a certain role and they are part of the family system. The parents play a role. Whomever is in that household living with them, all contribute to the system of that particular family. And so we address them from the roles that they play or that they participate in within that family unit.
0: Hmm. And that's really interesting because now do you, how receptive do you find these family members when they come into
1: these meetings? Well, it depends on if they consider themselves in crises. Okay. When there is a crisis, which usually uh, within six weeks of whatever the situation is that threw them into crises, they're extremely, extremely receptive within the first six weeks. Depending on the the severity of the crises, many times within the first six months to a year, you will get uh, extreme support. Uh, mm-hmm. They will out they will participate they will do what needs to be done if they have been worn down by their family member if we're catching them on the back end of where they've thrown their hands up and they've tried everything that they can try then the family members are oftentimes not as supportive okay the clients that I work with many of them are married or they have uh, live-in partners those live-in partners remain oftentimes supportive and that they will come and visit them, put money on their books, mm-hmm. um, uh, they don't usually divorce them, they'll continue to try to hold down the family, hold down the household, but the, many times they're the primary bread earners. Right. because. Exactly. I, I, yes, and so those families go into crises all the more because that bread uh, winner is not there. A lot of my clients own businesses Wow. detained uh and or on probation um or they earn a substantial amount of money such as anywhere from seventy five thousand to two hundred thousand dollars a year then we have those that uh are living with their parents they have zero income or they have a part-time job or they're working twelve dollars an hour eight dollars an hour and so mm-hmm. it's just it's so interesting they they share a similar um Problem in terms of drugs and or alcohol and or crime. But the span is vast in terms of socioeconomics, uh, education, uh, autonomy, uh, relationship with family. Uh, it, it's it's just very interesting. It levels out. Right. You get the crime and you look at the drugs and or alcohol. That's where the commonality is. Now,
0: Rochelle, do you... Do you um in the you know in the news we keep hearing the war on drugs? Do you see an actual war going on? Do you see an increase during the time that you've been counseling? Do you see an increase in people, um, you know, ta- you know, taking drugs?
1: Or oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. and at even younger ages. That's okay. the frightening part. At a younger age, and again, it has nothing to do with low income or 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 gender or ethnicity or race or level mm-hmm. of education or profession. It is prevalent across the board. Uh, I've spent many, many years working with juveniles, mm-hmm. uh, alternative schools and public schools, uh, you know, in job corps, um, colleges, et cetera i have spent years in this profession and i tell you i see children as young as 10 years old what? already. yes already using drugs some that i've worked with and i've known started shooting heroin in seventh grade are you kidding me Mm-mm. it's serious out here and oh. uh and of course you know there are the stickers that are laced with lsd um, right, you know, and so they have all these different forms of marijuana now, and then these these jewel instruments invite them into smoking. You know, the addictions with even cigarettes, which is illegal for mm-hmm. juveniles. You mm-hmm. know, ways that they're enticed in uh, to embrace smoke smoking devices, which advances them onto other levels. That's it's always known that marijuana is a gateway but you know, there are these uh, designer drugs now. Uh, right. That's so enticing to, to the youngsters. Uh, and so it's, it's become the norm uh, where it's like they, there are so many pressures uh, on people today with with the advancement of technology, with the mm-hmm. demand of education, um, you know, with the social media. I had a client just last week after seeing her probation officer uh and the probation officer told her that day that same day i saw her that she had tested positive for meth again and she insisted that she had been off of meth for almost a year that she hadn't touched it since last october of 2018 then Mm -hmm. she came My support group that night, she is always pretty quiet, but she was very non-responsive, committed suicide the next day, hung hung herself at a school on the school bleachers about two blocks from her house. And the janitors found her body hanging there. And so these drugs are just, you know, so many pregnant women are on drugs. Um, Is, is so common. So now the babies are born addicted. Addicted as well. It, it, it's it's a mess out here.
0: What can we do? I mean, realistically, what
1: can we do? Well, first of all, we've got to figure out how to prevent these drugs from coming in mm-hmm. in such an abundance, and we've got to uh, protect our our boundaries, our our waters. Uh, you know our borders. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that we need to be insensitive uh, at these borders and inhumane, right? It right. means, but we right. definitely got to do a much better job of hiring, I think, more uh, border patrol, uh, more dogs to sniff out, including at the airports. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also not just from the criminal justice side. But we've got to work more in the schools at a younger age with these children to help them to address the issues that they're running from Mm -hmm. so that they can learn to manage and to cope. We've got to have parents more involved with the social media piece uh, with their children because kids are being bullied on social media. It's so easy for us to say, well, then just don't go online. You don't have to read it
0: no but it's it's part of everyday life now
1: exactly exactly and so they're already addicted to social media so that's one form of addiction right there and so there is a thing about addictive behavior it's not just an addiction to a drug or to drugs and or alcohol there is addictive thinking, there's addictive behavior. Addictions are transferable. So we start okay. out with rewiring our brain for an addiction, whether it starts through social media and then it becomes embedded and ingrained with the wiring of the brain. And then it can be food, it can be porn, uh, it can be sex, it can right. be it can be rage, it can be workaholism uh, or workaholics or, I mean, it, it can be so many different forms of addiction to just grab that drug and that alcohol uh, just to make it through the day or to make it through the night or the problem solve. the artist who think that they become more creative because, yeah. missing, you know, it, it's, it's so many reasons. If there are a million and one people, there are a million and one times 10 different reasons as to why people use, you know. Yeah uh medical needs, you know people become addicted, right. addicted to prescription drugs. there are so many more medical issues out here people becoming ill from the foods that we're eating mm-hmm. so, uh, you know the chemicals that are going into the foods uh, you know too much of any good thing can be a bad thing for us absolutely they're so reaching for pills and 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 drugs or uh, you know you know other legal drugs that become overdone too many doctors just writing prescriptions uh, many times not even seeing these clients not not even they they're, they're making money off of it as well exactly exactly and so you never really know who's addicted because we have the functional alcoholics right. we have the functional addicts you know we have people that look like they totally have it together but if you take their drug from them then they're going to collapse mm-hmm you know? Because they have so much in their system that now they need it just to appear normal. There is, it's endemic and it's an epidemic. It's out of control.
0: Wow. mm -hmm. You've got your hands full. How do you mentally protect yourself when you're dealing with this on a daily basis?
1: Well, it's important for me to have what I call work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have wonderful friends that uh, I surround myself with as often Mm -hmm. as I possibly can. I hold events in my home. For example, Mm -hmm. Memorial Day weekend. I had a three-day bash going on here with a live band. Uh, What? Family. (laughs) Oh, yes, in the backyard. People brought tents. Uh, You know, I live on three acres. Yes tents. People camped out in the backyard on tents. People were in the house. Uh, You know, we cooked. And I mean, I did a lot of the cooking, probably most of the cooking and um, and fed people. They said it was like they were at a resort. Um, Whenever I need counseling, for example, with my company, we have an employee assistance program. Like I am, I've already set me up some sessions uh, because I've got to cope with the fact that one of my clients committed suicide. Yes. And so I've got to do everything I can to make sure that I'm balanced. I work out, I I meditate, I I pray, I I stay with a very careful diet, not too much sugar intake, because one of these things concerning addiction, the minute you get people off of addiction, they turn to sugar. Oh, that's interesting, because it still gives them that high. It still gives them that high. So what we have found is that you know, the sugar intake increases. Well, now that's impacting their health, their attitude, Mm -hmm. their behavior, their focus, their energy level, you know? And so it's really, really important to watch our sugar intake, especially from these sugary drinks, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, not to mention all of the candies and their sugar pretty much in everything to add flavor. Um, And so we've just got to watch, you know, the way we eat, the way we play, Uh, get the proper rest. I do struggle with getting enough rest in terms of sleep, uh, but I will rest my body. I will sit. I will lie down. Uh, I I have workout equipment in my office. Most counselors have couches. Okay. Comfortable chairs. I have two uh, chairs for the client and the rest of my office, besides my desk, is filled with my workout equipment. Okay. (laughs) Okay. and so and so uh at least three days a week on my lunch break i will go take brisk walks up and down Mm -hmm. hills uh, for about 30 minutes just to breathe yes you know because i have to have that release and uh and i I limit my social media activity um and there's just so many things that i have to do And, and i keep my home uh balanced out using feng shui I mm-hmm. like my house orderly neat and clean smelling good because I can no,
0: I, I I remember your place was in tip-top shape when I'd come
1: over last I remember that oh yes oh yes I cannot come home to clutter and confusion and, mm-hmm. and so, because then I'm in turmoil right and so okay. it's a lot of work to self-manage it's a lot of work to love One'self and to demonstrate it, those of us who are in the caring profession, many times we and in, into the into the service giving profession, we don't take out time to take care of ourselves, hmm. and we therefore emotionally and physically we'll go into crises. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a the time to turn it off, and uh, and there's a time to be okay, which is I, every Friday I call it Me Day. Because I <laughs> every single Friday. Oh, that's not and, and and so on Fridays I sleep, I relax. If I don't want to put on any clothes, I don't put on any clothes. I take a <laughs> day if I want to. I just I won't take personal phone calls unless mm-hmm. they've been scheduled and I committed to it. I don't do anything but what I want to do. And then if I want to go listen to live music or whatever, but usually I don't even leave my home on Fridays. No, that's
0: it. You know, I miss that. I used to have that routine when I was in the States. But again, when you work for someone else, it's easier to plan your life. And, you know, being an entrepreneur now, every time I try to plan a little time for myself, it's like I've sent out a news report and everybody decides, well, I'm going to bother her right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you might just have to do like I do. You just might have to put it on your planner. And treat yourself you. like you are a customer or a client. Yes, I need to. And oh, and then not feel guilty and be okay with that. Because we teach the world how to treat us. That's true. If if every time someone responds, like for example, um, one of my friends, uh, I had already sent out uh, a messenger this morning to him stating, okay, I'm going to be tied up. I'm going to have an interview. Uh, mm-hmm. You know? Prep, there are, you know, preliminary things I need to do to prepare for this and I will not be available to have a conversation with you until about 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. He could to call to text everything. I totally ignored him mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally ignored him and then a few minutes ago when we had to take it, a brief intermission yeah. I gave him a quick statement and said I've already sent you my itinerary refer to that please <laughs> 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 and I was done Uh, i mean it's just that simple you know we just have to draw the line
0: well it's you know it's hard here our you know over here people wake up really early and i'm talking about like 4 a.m early Mm -hmm. and then because they are up they decide they can call you because they are up
1: yes well i'm one of those that get up at 4 and 5 a.m as well and well, I you have, don't call anyone, do you? No, so I don't call anyone, <laughs> but I might go on Messenger and send a few things out and like Messenger, I did with Happy Fourth of July. Right. Right. So, I mean, I probably sent that out to about 25 people. Yeah. Um, you no, know, so I can go ahead and get my greetings out of the way and then get on with my day. And I've already reached out to let people know I'm thinking of you, but I'm not going to ring their phone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm. You know, I'm not going to do that at all. Uh, and so really, it's it it's taken me years, years to prioritize myself and to prioritize my life because I've been so into taking care of people. I remember when I was a child, elementary school, I was always bringing someone home to take care of them from school, whether it was to give them my clothes or my toys or to have my mother to feed them. And I remember my mother saying, girl, you're just a Pied Piper riffraff. <laughs> 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 And then one last time I brought someone home, she goes, "Fool! Oh, here I am trying to figure out how to feed you and you bring bringing in two or three
0: people.
1: Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I've always been a giver to the extent that one time I lost over several years I lost focus of myself and this was even before you and i met anita where right. i literally gained so much weight and had gotten up to 240 pounds when wow. you met me, i was probably a size three or four
0: yes exactly you had lost you, yes. I, I remember seeing your picture your before picture and i couldn't believe it was you
1: yes because i lost focus was not taking care of myself. I mean, I'm now about a size eight or a 10. And so I feel like, you know, I've, I've ballooned up again because I started losing sight. And that's why I had to get back on a very tight regimen. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, who's going to do it? Definitely. And I cannot be a quality care provider if I'm out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. they're, they're feeding off of me. And I've got to have something robust to serve.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I,
1: I'm
0: I'm listening to you right now, and you are serving me because I needed to hear some of that. I really did, because I I I'm feeling that you know s- since I'm still settling in here in Ghana, I'm feeling some of that,
1: um, you know, that I'm unraveling. Yes, because uh, if you're not taking care of yourself, Anita, what will happen is eventually. You may start feeling agitated or or anxious uh, or less patient uh, uh, and and just find yourself feeling like you're on a treadmill where there's never enough time to get anything done. Yes. And you're just running and running. And even when you try to lay down to get your rest, your brain won't cut off, you know. Mm overloading, you're still problem solving and processing, so you never really find rest or peace. Eventually, any machine that runs 24-7 without being uh, turned off or receiving maintenance will collapse or break down.
0: That's very, very true. Well, I'm going to take your words to heart, and I need to start taking care of me better because... I'm not ready to break
1: down before I'm forty. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because you know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, all I can say is, is God's grace that's been with me. Is God's grace because mm-hmm. honestly, you know, people are still asking me, you know, and I, I some of it is flattery, of course, you know. Some yeah. people are still asking me, you know, they're asking me, are you about thirty-five or thirty-eight? Yes, because you, girl, you look amazing.
0: Oh my girl. goodness.
1: Girl, please. I'm almost
0: 65 years old. But you look amazing. I still remember that red number you wore to the theater.
1: <laughs> oh. oh, yes, girl. <laughs> I'm actually looking at it now, hanging on the, oh, at it, hanging that's on the a, wall. that's girl. a showstopper. Hey, that's a like, showstopper. And right all I there. do now is break into song and say memories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because all that is now is a memory. But oh. <laughs> well. know, I'm trying to hold it together, but um <laughs> you know, but I you know, I think I'm probably about at least two sizes larger than that. I think that dress was a three. Oh, and wow. uh, so like I say, I'm 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 rocking eights and tens now. Um and okay. I can still wear some of my old sixes, but they have to stretch.
0: They have to stretch a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Some have to be pulled and tugged at maybe with the jaws oh, lord. <laughs> but, but I'll still try to slide in. <laughs> you are killing me. <laughs> with with a few jumps in the air and a few rolls on the bed. <laughs> oh my
0: lord. Oh my lord. Oh, yeah. oh, it's been too long. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to close us out but I want to know, are you performing at the moment? Do you have any shows coming up?
1: No, I don't have any shows coming up. Um, with the schedule that I have working nights now, mm-hmm. I mean, I go in days and I'm working nights. Oh, wow. uh, I'm off on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Getting to the rehearsal would it's be tough. Yeah. A- I mean, I'm getting off like at 830 at night. And so until their schedule changes or until I can do something minor, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I don't know if you know the gentleman named Kito, he's from Hawaii and he has an amazing dance troupe, dance company. I can get in on a few of his shows. He's stopped okay. by World Day weekend
0: and All I right. love
1: dancing. And so uh, my schedule permits me to participate in his activities because it doesn't take a, a whole lot of rehearsals and he's so flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do plan to get that, but I am looking at getting uh, back into some more acting classes for television and film uh, and going to more auditions for television and film, because I can go on location on my off days um, or just go into a studio uh, or go into radio voiceovers again.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: Everything else is what I do. Uh, Performance in theater is is who I am mm-hmm. you know there's a difference in I mean I'm passionate about serving others and rehabilitating and working with offenders I love that work uh, I love addressing the life skills areas of their lives and all of the different categories that we teach in because we don't just focus on drug and alcohol we take the holistic approach and we focus on everything but yeah, I'm truly looking at writing a one-woman show oh so let me mom- help you when you're, you're ready, ready i let me I help receive, you i receive all help as a matter of fact one of the ways i want to go about addressing this uh because i i want to i have a book in my belly i want yeah. to to as many people as believe that they know me and i know them whether they like me love me uh revere me or or despise me i want to give everybody an opportunity to write at least one chapter Ooh. about their, perspectives or perceptions or impressions or experiences with and of me.
0: Hmm. With well, you, you, I already know the name of my chapter.
1: What is the name of yours?
0: It's gonna be called the chicken wang. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know it. You know Robert was at my Day weekend party so many times he said chicken wing, chicken wing, chicken wing. <laughs> we
0: laughed I, I, I need to explain to the listeners about the chicken wing. So, y'all, everybody loves a good chicken wing, but nobody loves a chicken wing like Miss Rochelle Holland.
1: (laughs) Girl, and I love to cook them. And do you know my chicken wings were the first that went during Memorial Day weekend? I cooked three dozen. I bet. And what? girl, the meat was falling off the bone. Girl, people were sucking those balls. And Robert mm-hmm. said, "And said, chicken wing, chicken wing." And I'm steady collapsing. You know, I have <laughs> these the weak knees when I think about chicken wings. You're the chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good chicken wing. Oh, I'm salivating yes. now. I don't even know if I'll be able to finish I this. Issue. Oh <laughs> my god! You've got me thinking about the day
0: you came over to my place and we were just we were doing the chicken wing dance
1: because yes, of the dance. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I still have pictures of that day and Me? of my granddaughter and I dancing together at your party. Yes, oh, that was so yes. lovely. You have such beautiful friends.
0: Yes. Oh, we had a good time. We had a good time.
1: We did. Oh. Yes, we did. Yes, we well, did.
0: Oh, Michelle, well, I just want to
1: thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, welcome. You're so welcome.
0: And... You know what do you call? It? We might have to do a follow-up interview because I bet I'm gonna get some um, some questions um, and stuff from some of the listeners. so once I have them we might do a follow- up uh, to just dig a little deeper into the work you're doing and also to talk a bit more about your motivational speaking as well. and if you have any um, if you have any engagements coming up, please let us know.
1: Oh as a matter of fact, I do uh, okay. In March, I have an engagement coming up, whereby mm-hmm. it's a statewide event for women in leadership and law enforcement. And they've asked me to present two 90-minute workshops. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That'll be held in San Marcos, Texas. Okay. So y'all please
0: follow Miss Ro- Miss Rochelle, and I'm and also going to let
1: you guys know. My company's name is Metamorphosis Life Coaching Center, and um, and I can do life coaching online as well over Skype, and I can do life coaching over the telephone and, of okay. course, face-to-face. And so that's Metamorphosis Life Coaching Center. And uh, so we can um, talk a little bit more if people are interested, if they call mm-hmm. in, inquire, then you and I talk about how I can put my information out there. Yes, uh, I will.
0: I'll. I'll post um, Rochelle's uh, details online so that you guys can reach her directly and please do reach out because she's a wealth of information. Rochelle, thank you for joining me and um, looking forward to our next chat.
1: Absolutely Anita and I am so proud of you. Just continue to (laughs) lead by example and lead while you bleed (laughs) because thank you (laughs) entrepreneur can draw blood no (laughs) it's so rewarding it's so rewarding and i'm so proud of you you know you're one of my main role models and i so look up to you i've always admired you when you were here in in texas and you opened the theater I loved your theater. It was such a pleasant place to work and you were doing such a beautiful job with it. And you just brought something into Austin, Texas that was lacking. And and we feel the void not having you here. Your your presence is so missed. And thank and I you. love and admire you dearly. And thank you so very much.
0: Thank you.